Hey everyone, Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. I just want to take a quick second to thank you for listening and joining me on this journey. This is a really scary world that we live in and being a parent is without a doubt the hardest job in the world. I am a mom of four, I'm a therapist, and now I'm an author. I'm so excited to announce that my book, For the Sake of Our Youth, was recently published in April. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. As a therapist, I get this amazing advantage to hear what's going on in today's world for our youth, and I just can't be quiet about it, to understand what's going on in today's culture and how it's affecting our kids' emotions. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not looking good. I have always said that I could talk about this forever, so much so that I could write a book about it. So I wrote the book about it, but I'm not done talking. So here we go. Ooh, also, sorry. If you're liking what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe so that you get updated whenever there's a new episode that comes out. Maybe even leave a review. That would help other parents find this podcast easier. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at the mom therapist. For more information, go to www.tessastuckey.com. Um, how, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, but more importantly, how are you? I'm good. I'm a hundred percent better. I good. still have, um, a little headache, but the headache that I had while I was sick, nothing would alleviate it. I mean, it was horrible. It did. I mean, I could like eat ibuprofen and nothing would happen. I've heard that's now, like the worst thing about it now. Yeah. Like I couldn't even move my eyes without my whole head hurting. But now I still get a headache and I can take ibuprofen and it takes care of it. So I'm thankful. Oh, good. But yeah. Oh, did anyone bad. else in your family get sick? No, which Ooh, I have goodness. no idea how that happened because when I started, my first day of symptoms was just like a mild cough. It was not even like an annoying cough. It was just a mild cough. And I had been with my boys. I my husband was out of town. So I took the boys to the beach for the weekend. And I mean, we were staying in a hotel, I was hugging them, cuddling with them, Wow. same bed with them. And then my husband met up with us at the end of the weekend. I kissed him, I hugged him, cuddled with him. And it was like that night, that cough turned into an annoying cough that turned into a headache that turned into body aches and fever. And yeah. And so they all went and got tested after mine came back positive and they were all negative. So we just, I stayed in isolation and they continued on with their life and yeah, it was crazy. So good. Well, that's lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of just want to dive right in if that's cool. Yeah. How absolutely. do you, how do you pronounce your last name? Whalen, like Whalen. whale with an N. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Janet Whalen, and you are a sleep expert. Well, I, so I call myself a sleep coach and okay. um, a life sleep coach and self-care coach because I, I'm very careful to qualify that I'm not a medical expert and I'm not a therapist. Sure. So, okay. right. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more expert than the average bear, but I'm not the one sure. that does the sleep studies. <laughs> but I just you read specialize in sleeping sleep stuff. And okay. Yes. So, um, how did you get into this? Oh gosh. Um, kind of an accident really. I, um, have, I had, was an insomniac for decades. Like I can remember even being a kid and being in nursery school where, you know, all the kids have to nap on their little mat in the afternoon. And I'd be looking around at these kids, like, how are, y'all are you doing crazy? That? Like, don't you know <laughs> that you don't have to go to sleep? Don't you know there's goldfish around? Like, what are right? you doing? <laughs> you can just lie here. Yeah. You don't have to sleep because I could never <laughs> sleep. And I, yeah. I still remember to this day feeling like this weird unicorn that <laughs> was the yeah. only kid who couldn't sleep. And I would, you know, my parents would put me to bed and I'd come downstairs and tell them I couldn't yes. sleep. And they'd tell uh-huh. me to try harder, which never it's worked, like right? the worst thing you can do, but yeah, they wouldn't have known that. Um, right. and yeah, all the way until probably two years ago. It, so I was a business oh gosh, coach before two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
I just decided to take some of my own coaching tools and see if I could figure, and I know you did this too, right? Just yeah. kind of figure out your I own love, yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I'd like solve the, like the whole love, problem in the universe. I love when you and I <laughs> met and talked about how <laughs> I shared with you that I, when I was 20 years old, I figured out the sleep answer the magic the answer. answer and it was me who came up with it and Absolutely. later on found out that it was actually a technique that <laughs> is being used by other people and so the same thing happened to you you were on the hunt yeah. to get better sleep and you thought you came up with the magic answer yeah because I had totally thought I'm just I am just one of these people who doesn't get to sleep well like I have right. a something wrong with okay. my brain. There's something different about me. There's something broken. Yeah. I used to tell myself I'm one of those people that doesn't need sleep. Oh, like, I can function off of four hours and I'm fine. Like it's totally fine. Yes. I'm still healthy. I can function. It's great. Yeah. My biggest thought was sleep is for chumps. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's horrible. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I love that. Well, and then. I remember I was like 22, 23. I don't know how old I was. And I were, I had my coworker like never slept and she would wake up at 4am to go work out and every day and then not go to sleep till like 1am, like literally didn't sleep. And I would say like, how are you functioning? And she would say things like, Oh, I'll sleep when I die. I sleep, I'll sleep when I die. And I just remember being like, Ooh, I like that. I yeah. need to think that way so I can be more productive. And yeah. That sounds done. super productive. It's yeah. So healthy. <laughs> That's the, exactly. the mindset of a 22 year old, right? Oh, absolutely. And now like, of course I'm in midlife and I know uh-huh. that, you know, there's way more to life than that. So yeah, <laughs> I just decided to kind of see if I could hack my own sleep using my yeah. life coaching skills because I'd figured out some other things and I thought, uh-huh. well, this can't be that different. Let's just see what happens. And so I literally just started sleeping better. It took me a couple of months, like, cause I started doing all the wrong things. I was tracking my sleep on a fitness tracker, okay, which we can talk yeah. about later if you want. Yeah, I was like really obsessing about all the details and the data and realized that wasn't working. So I, I kind of changed my, um, changed the way I was doing it. And after I figured this out, I thought people need to know this. And so I started Googling, like, is there such thing as a sleep coach? And I am a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to change and save the world. Yeah. I'm going to save the world. Yeah. And uh, of course found out that, you know, there are tons of people working in the world yeah. of sleep and I had not cracked the magic code, but yeah. that the way that I had cracked my own magic code was very similar to a tool called CBTI, which is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Yeah. And so I started digging into that thinking, well, I'm not a therapist, but I wonder if I can find out more about this. And it turns out that it's not regulated. It's not, um, as a coach, I can offer CBTI tools to my clients. And so I did get a certification in that last year. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And so now my program is sort of a mixture of CBTI tools and life coaching for um, really a lot of self-care related issues because Uh for moms in particular, right. We're always not so great at that. Yeah. We put ourselves on the back burner. Um, So one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on is because as a therapist, one of the biggest issues that gets brought into my office is they can't, and no one can sleep. Like everyone is so tired, but they don't prioritize sleep. They similar to what I did when I was 20, like they justify that they don't need sleep. Um, and they don't take the actions, the necessary actions it takes to get good sleep and to prior I think the thing is is like they're not prioritizing sleep they don't think that they need to prioritize sleep however they will say in the same breath I know like I should get more sleep and or I know I'm like so exhausted all the time or like I can't manage any of my emotions I don't know why I didn't I don't know two hours (laughs) last night you know um and uh so I really that's why I really want you because teenagers are struggling with it kids are struggling with it. Young adults are struggling with it. Middle-aged adults are struggling with it and older adults. Are, I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone. everyone. Yeah. Um, so this is something I think would be really helpful for my listeners to really grasp 
for themselves as well as, cause I have a lot of parents that listen. So for themselves, but then also how to encourage it for their kids, support their kids in that way to prioritize sleep for their kids. I think we live in a very fast paced, go, go, go culture that does not encourage or uh, promote sleep, healthy sleep. So yeah, I want sure. to um, help people with that. So, so tell Oh, another thing that I like that you just said was that it was a process. Like it didn't happen the first night you tried, it took a couple months. And I think that that a lot of people have the unrealistic idea that they will get it within two, three nights. And that's something I tell them, like, I'm going to tell you what works, but it's going to be a little bit, we got to retrain your brain differently. So, okay. Can you tell me the things that people shouldn't do? Yeah. So I, I just named one of them. I'm um, using obsessing these, and using the Fitbit. The Fitbit. Yeah. So why not? Not, not that there's why anything not? wrong with a Fitbit. And I did, I used a Fitbit for years and I am wearing yeah. still mm-hmm. a tracker. Um, so why not? First, I'll tell yeah, you yeah. the reasons why, because there are, there are reasons why, but you what I tell people is it's a good tool to use once you're sleeping well, it's not a good tool to get you sleeping well. So what happens now, the Apple one, I believe, and I have an Apple watch and I don't even use it because I've gotten Mm -hmm. so far away from needing to know this information that Mm -hmm. I don't want to start again. Um, it takes the focus off of sleep quality and puts it back onto quantity, which we really yeah. don't need to pay as close attention to. Oh, okay. um, and it tricks your brain into thinking that you don't need to pay attention to your own kind of signals and um, not symptoms, but sense it like sensations and feelings, right? Like we know, and especially if you're a mom, you know, when your kid's getting tired, you know, those kind of visual cues, like they start nodding. Their, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as adults, because we're fighting sleep so much and we're trying Uh so hard to sleep when we're dead and stay awake and be productive now, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) we get awesome (laughs) at just ignoring all those cues. So if you're obsessed with the data that's coming from your fitness tracker, Mm -hmm. you're, you're focusing too much on that. So that's one thing. The next thing is that a lot of the information that comes from those has to do with different sleep phases, right? Like it'll tell you how much deep sleep, how much REM, how yeah. You don't really need to know that. Like we're not, unless you're a doctor and you know everything about that, but the problem is we can't impact it. Even if we have that info, what are we going to do with it? What do you, what is, yeah. How is it useful? Yeah. Besides obsess over it. Right. And people do, and they take snap, like they take screenshots of their Fitbit data and post it on Facebook groups and go, oh my gosh, I only got like 45 minutes of deep sleep. What's going to happen to me today? And it's, it's really, it's actually making insomnia worse, not better. So some of them, um, are getting better at, at least giving you a sense of, um, like over time, is there a trend here? Like, do I see that Mm, I'm only sleeping? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the helpful information, right? Is yeah am I sleeping only five hours a night? And if I am, maybe I want to go get a sleep study or figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. But aside from the trend line and sort of having an understanding of it, it doesn't give you that much helpful information. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't wear any sort of tracker, so I don't know what that's like, but I, I could believe that people get obsessed with and, and putting focus in the wrong area. Yeah. 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 I think that's the most, I don't like to use the word dangerous because it's not, but it's like, that's the, it's the worst habit you can get into. Yeah. Right. The least helpful. Yeah. Okay. What else should we not be doing? I mean, I talk a lot, so I'm sure my listeners already know this one about not being on devices because Mm -hmm. melatonin is not getting produced in the brain when we see that blue light. Right. Um, What else should we not be doing? Or do you want to add to that point? Um, no, I mean, I, I know you've talked about that on here before. So if they want to hear more about it, if you want to hear more about it, I can talk about it, but yeah, that's the key, right? Is that blue light, uh, really imitates the light of the sun, which is, um, the thing that tells your melatonin or tells your body to stop producing melatonin. It's, it's meant for morning. (laughs) It's exactly what kicks your circadian rhythm into gear and, and starts your wakefulness system. So that's like the exact opposite of what you want to have happen at bedtime. Right. 
Yeah. So that's one thing. Do you encourage people to look at devices to help them wake up in the morning? Not really. Um, There should be enough light outside. Yeah. You know what? I'm (laughs) just going to take that off the table because (laughs) because I don't don't want want them doing that. I really don't. I don't want to encourage because that that encourages like screen addiction, right? And that's the the complete opposite of what I want people to be doing to wake up first thing in the morning and look at TikTok. So you know what? Scratch waking up. <laughs> well, I just... and I think, you know, it's an interesting point because um, that's almost the more important thing too, is yeah. the anxiety that comes from feeling addicted to your device. Yes. Yeah. Like never mind the light. If you could have a blue light blocker on it, mm-hmm. that probably takes away that issue, but you're still, people are doom scrolling. The kids are texting their friends and watching online bullying happen and, and all kinds of stressful things that they don't need to be thinking about when they're falling asleep. Especially right now. I know you're in Canada, but America is kind of going crazy. And right now there's so much hatred and there's a lot toxicity and unhealthy things going on and fear, right. With COVID and all that. Right. Right now, especially that's not good. Okay. What else should we not do? Okay. Another thing not to do is have a clock on your bedside table or your nightstand. Um, and if you do have one on there and you need it to be there to wake you up, um, you know, that's totally fine, but turn it around so that you can't see it all night. And if you get up to go to the bathroom or whatever the reason is, don't be tempted to look at it. (laughs) All right. You're going to have to break this one down for me because I have a clock in my room. It's not on my bedside table but it's on the dresser on the other side of my room but there are times when I will wake up to go to the bathroom or to get some water and I need to know should I go ahead and wake up now because I'm awake is it close to when my alarm's going to go off or should I snuggle back up in bed and fall into a deep sleep and then in 20 minutes be really mad because my alarm's going off so right. you're going to have to convince me, Janet, not to look at my clock. <laughs> so if I was coaching you right now, if you're my yeah. client, I would ask, why do you think you need to know that? Well, for me, I know that when I wake up for the first time in the morning, I'm more alert and I'm ready to wake up anytime. And I've known this since I was you know, a teenager, anytime I've hit the snooze button and fallen back asleep, it is. 10,000 times harder for me to get out of bed. So yeah. my alarm goes off at 5:15 every morning. And so say I get up to go to the bathroom and it's 4:50, I'm going to go ahead and allow myself to just be up because if I get that that 25 more minutes of sleep, it's going to be really hard for me to not push the snooze button and I can't push the snooze button. So for, that's my reasoning. So what would happen? Answer. So yeah, but where do you draw the line? Like at what time yeah. is it, does it become too late? If it's for me, I had to figure this out. If it is 30 minutes or less time before my alarm goes off, I'm going to go ahead and get up. If it's okay. 30 minutes or more, then I'm going to go back to bed for okay. me. Okay. But you're not spending time worrying about that. You're just, oh, no, no. You, you've already decided this for yourself. Okay. So mm-hmm. in that circumstance, like for you, it's yeah. probably not as big a deal. What most people do is they look at the clock and there is no good scenario. And do addition where they're like, I've got three yeah. more hours of sleep. Yeah. Right. So it's either there's not enough or there's too much. And mm-hmm. now I'm awake and I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. And what about my meeting tomorrow? And I'm not going so to be able to function. thoughts come in. Yes. And so I just tell people, turn it away, pay no attention, unless you have a meeting in the middle of the night that I don't know about, which it would be weird. You shouldn't be because that's unhealthy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I guess like maybe if someone's on the other side of the world and it's a one-time thing, but anyway, pretty weird reason. (laughs) That's an unrealistic scenario. Exactly. Like unless, you know, there's just no good scenario. So if you're worried that you might get a phone call in the night from an elderly parent who's sick or a kid who's out late or whatever, keep your phone within reach where you can answer it and all that stuff. And just know that you will be woken by it. And the same with your alarm, set it when you go to bed and just know if it hasn't gone off yet, it means it's not time to wake up and I can just still sleep time. And if if I'm going to just lie there, then I can lie there or I can get up. I have the choice. mm -hmm. Um, But 
getting into the drama of what time it is and what yeah. that you make that mean is what makes people stay awake typically. Well, it, yeah, it takes power over you. You're yeah. allowing it to have that power over you. And totally. then you're losing that productive sleep time that we all need so much. Exactly. So yeah, if I, that's what, I mean, I really try to stress to people between this hour and this hour, your only priority, the only thing you need to focus on is getting good sleep. Mm-hmm. And so you do, you have to train yourself for that. And part of that is not looking at the clock. I agree. Yeah. 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 It's, it's made a, a huge difference for me because my clock used to just stare me in the eye all night long, yeah. like this neon light. And that's the other thing that's helpful is there's not a light in my face anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's okay. So, okay. Here's the question. I, this might already be on your don't do it list. Uh, people who fall asleep with the TV on. Hmm. I don't do that, but I know a lot of people that do a lot of people do. So this is an interesting one. Um, okay. There's two different ways don't have the blue light behind them. So it's not the same effect as devices, right? It's so it's two, there's a couple different ways to look at this, right? There's Mm -hmm. the people who fall asleep on the couch in front of the TV and then go back in bed and can't go to sleep. Okay. And then there's the people whose TV is in their bedroom and they use it to fall asleep and either it wakes them up because they forgot to turn it off or they didn't use the like the alarm Late timer that, right uh-huh. that will shut the TV off on their own. So here's what I tell people. The biggest thing we want to remove in our sleepy time routine is worry mm-hmm. or concern or that I'm doing something wrong, right? Okay. So if you are someone who has an anxious mind and you're not, you can't, or you're not willing to do some of the other work that we do in a sleep coaching program and watching the TV helps you just kind of get into a relaxed state enough that you can fall asleep and it's not going to wake you up again. Mm -hmm. I don't really worry about it that much because it's not that different from reading a book and falling asleep, which a lot of people do. Um, it's the people who fall asleep on the couch watching TV and then get up and go to bed and say, they can't go back to sleep that I'm like, then they start to think the couch and the TV is what's the magic thing. And their brain starts associating their bed with wakefulness instead of sleep. And then we get into a bad cycle. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. (laughs) So So the same thing can happen when the TV is in your room, you start thinking, I can't sleep without the TV. And if you think that, then that's not good either. Right. But if you're otherwise sleeping, okay, and you're getting, you you wake up and you feel rested and it's not waking you in the night and all of that stuff. And what I find with some of my clients, and I have done this too, if I'm going through like, um, you know, a season of some anxiety or depression, I, there are certain shows that do take my mind off of whatever's going on in my world that do truly relax me. And what I find with a lot of clients is similar to like a sound machine. The TV is acting as that for them. Yeah. It's like white noise, right? Yeah. So it is helpful for them in some ways. So I guess everyone is different with the TV thing and you have to figure out where your focus is with that. Yeah. It's kind of like, how is it impacting you overall? Right. Is, is it creating your insomnia or is it just sort of a relaxation tool that seems to work for you? Yeah. Okay. Anything else we definitely should not be doing? Hmm. What should you not be doing? Let's see. Those Um, are pretty good ones. So if you're someone who suffers from a lot of insomnia and you really struggle to fall asleep at night or you're waking up a lot in the night, probably napping is not a great idea for you. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And like, I don't say that as a hundred percent never nap. I'm saying experiment with it for yourself and see, but typically like we really only need a certain number of hours of sleep per 24 hours. I don't right. even say a night because <laughs> it's, you yeah. can add them up and it still works out to the same thing. Right. So that's if I sleep I for gonna... an hour, go there, ahead. Go. Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, whenever I sit with my teenage clients and I'm like, okay, really, you know, from what I understand, you're supposed to get a lot of sleep in a 24 hour period. You're supposed to get 10 yeah. to 12 hours. Is that still accurate for kids yeah. and teenagers 10 to 12 yeah. hours? But they're like, what? And I'm like, no, that's in a whole 24 hour period. So like if you get nine hours or 10 hours at night, which we want to go for, um, then you can take a two hour nap after school. If it doesn't 
keep you from falling asleep at the bedtime that we're going to decide on. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Exactly. And for teenagers, for sure. Like the way that we've structured school start times is like totally the opposite of how most teenagers sleep. It's so they probably should be napping. I, yeah, that's what, and I, uh, they're like, can you please tell my mom that? And I'm like, yes, I will tell your mom that you need (laughs) a nap after school because yeah, I don't know what it's like where you live, but my, my teenagers go to school, school starts at seven 25. Yeah. So, you know, they're waking up at five 30, got to get out of the house by six 15 and then they're done with school at two 30. So it's like, and it's the middle of the day. Yes. Yeah. We do so much that's counter to our biology. And I, mm-hmm. I say this because most of my clients are like midlife women and moms. Right. And so yeah. they start wondering, well, why can't I, I used to be a great sleeper. Why do I not get as much sleep anymore? And part of it is just having our expectations catch up with our biology. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. By the time we're 40, 45, 50, we're not needing as much as we did in our twenties and thirties yeah. and in our sixties. And then in our seventies, we need even less. And so oh, really? to know, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So to know that, like, if you looked at a chart of our sleep requirements from newborn all the way to like 75, 80, whatever, uh-huh. it just decreases the entire time. And that's what's meant to happen. So part of all of this is just having a better understanding of what's quote unquote normal Uh and what's healthy for you. And then you can kind of relax into what's going on a little bit better, right? Because you don't have these built up expectations of what's supposed to be going on. Yeah. 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 You're able to find acceptance with that lifestyle because you know, it's kind of the typical biological need for you to live a healthy. And that's what, you know, I should bring that up is why is sleep so important? I tell my clients it's so important because you're not going to function the best of your ability, your, your brain, especially younger kids. So you're not going to develop the right way. Um, and those days that you get really anxious or are having a bad day, you need to be real well rested so that you can take that on with some strength. Um, what are your thoughts with, why we need sleep. Yeah. So this is such a fascinating topic. We know, we know a lot about why we need sleep, but there's probably more that we don't know still, Mm -hmm. which is like why it's such, I just am so fascinated by it. Um, we know that there's a lot of kind of physical repair and restoration that happens because in deep sleep, a lot of our blood gets directed to those big muscles in our body to kind of, Uh direct oxygen there and repair them. We know that in REM, our brains get a lot more active and it seems like we're kind of, we're storing memories and information, but we also are probably dealing with emotions and even like traumatic things that we don't want to relive when we're awake kind of get dealt with while we're asleep. So there's lots of, uh, there's lots of emotional, intellectual, and physical reasons why, why we, we do it. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of studies that show, in fact, almost all the studies show that we need less than we think, right? So we have this idea that we need eight hours Mm -hmm. or more. Mm -hmm. And every single study that's ever been done on this shows that the number for a healthy adult is probably closer to seven. And that getting longer sleep as an adult increases your risk of early death while shorter Mm -hmm. sleep, while it increases it as well, increases it less than longer sleep. So we don't have to be quite as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I, I, a lot of the work that I do with women with insomnia is to help them stop worrying so much about what might happen if they don't sleep well. Right. Uh Because then it just takes all the, they're so scared. They're so worried. They hear, in the media every day. Like if you don't get eight hours every night, you're going to get cancer and die. And right, your chance of getting COVID is right. Yeah. Like, yeah, your immune function goes down. And we know that this is true. Like there's been studies done about this, but interestingly, the studies that have been done were mostly done on young people who get really good sleep generally, and mm-hmm. they sleep deprived them by more than half of their normal sleep to do the study. So uh-huh. what we don't know is was did their immune function decline because of the stress of being sleep deprived or was it like, we don't know. Cause immune function right. declines with stress too. Right. right. 
Was yeah. it the sleep or was it the stress? The stress, yeah. Yet. So there's still so interesting. much um, that needs to be done to really That's be able to say firmly. So that just made me think, you know, I, I, I think this is the case for me, even though it's been a very long time since I've overslept. So I can't say it with confidence, but I know I hear a lot of other people say, like if they sleep too long, they can't manage their emotions and function properly and they're groggy. Um, so do you, is that a real thing or is that something that we think is happening? So here's what, now that I, I have not heard related to long sleep, except for the fact that you probably won't sleep well the next night and then that will happen. Ooh, okay. So you know what I'm saying? yes. Yeah. So do you feel, okay. Cause it's setting off like the circadian rhythm is getting thrown off. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, do you believe this is what I'm kind of gathering is there, there's like a sweet spot for each of us. Yep. Um, there's two, there's such thing as too little sleep and there's such thing as too much sleep that could disrupt our lifestyle. So we really need to actively find that sweet spot, which would be a certain amount of hours per night to sleep. Yeah. And again, it's more related to how you feel and how yeah. you're functioning during the day. Right. Like, yeah. so yep. I tip, I because I still pay attention to my bedtime at, well, my bedtime and my wake time are the same every single day, weekends, uh -huh. weekdays, all the uh -huh. time. And that's how I, it's, it's the biggest habit I have to maintain yeah. good sleep. Yeah. My good <laughs> sleep fluctuates between somewhere between seven, sometimes even six and a half and yeah. like seven and a half, eight is a long time for me now. And I would have told you before, like, oh, I need eight. Yeah. But I found that I don't, I actually wake up feeling pretty good after seven yeah. and a half. Yeah. So it's yeah, learning I, I those just, like mine is like seven. Yeah. Seven ish. Yeah. And it's learning cool. those sleep quality cues and kind of, okay, like, well, how do I really feel? Like, am I so, and this brings up another interesting point. Cause a lot, this is what happens to a lot of my clients is they start sleeping better after like week three or four in my program yeah. and they start worrying because they don't feel energetic first thing in the morning. And they're like, oh, but shouldn't I like, I'm sleeping great now. Why don't I feel better in the Why morning? Why am I bouncing off the walls? At Why am I not like Tigger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's interesting. There's a thing called sleep inertia that mm -hmm. says, um, the different parts of our brain actually wake up at different rates at different mm -hmm. speeds in the morning. So like mm -hmm. your brainstem is pretty much always awake because it's keeping you alive all night long, right. right? Keeping your heart beating and your lungs breathing, but your prefrontal cortex, which is like where all your reasoning and your kind of human Cognitive executive. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is one of the last parts of your brain to like come online. If you compare it oh, to that a, makes a so much sense. Right. That makes so, so like sense. if you're someone who's not a morning person, it's probably just your brain <laughs> needs a little bit longer than some other people's to boot I'm up. just like, so I am a morning person. I'm an annoying morning person. Me My too. husband is not a morning person. And so, I mean, this is all making sense. There's so many times yeah. when I'm like, will you please go throw that in the trash can? And he like, you know, goes out to the garage or something. And he's like, Oh, I'm just not thinking I'm not awake yet. And I'm like, yeah, yeah no shit. You're not awake. <laughs> oh my God. Where are you going? You know, but okay. Yeah. His prefrontal cortex is <laughs> it's just not working right yet. My youngest son Ooh. and my husband are the same. And I'm my other son and I are both like, let's go yeah, ready to go. And yeah. They just don't even want to talk to us. <laughs> no, I, I dread. So all of my kids are young. They're nine and younger. And I, I am, I already know, like whenever I drive them to school, when they're teenagers, I'm going to annoy the crap out of them, not intentionally. <laughs> and they are going to be, I know that they're going to be like, mom, it's 6am. Can you please shut up? Stop. <laughs> yeah. Like I am, I am expecting that and I'm ready for it. Um, okay. So I have a question for, since you work with a lot of moms, you mm -hmm. work with self-care. What about the moms who are exhausted? The kids are in bed but they have not had any alone time and they want to watch their show or they, and it's already like 11 and yeah. all they want is that downtime for themselves um, so that they can just be alone for a little bit. 
but it's keeping them up later. What are your thoughts on that? So, excuse me, again, two minds. The first one is, are they suffering with insomnia? Because if they are, it's a different answer. Yeah. So I always say like, I can, I can give people all kinds of advice about what works for me and what works for my clients and whatever. But if you're actually otherwise a good sleeper, you don't need to listen to any of it, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if it's not broken, don't worry about fixing it is kind of yes. the mentality. But so, so TV, so <laughs> this is funny. Cause I have a client right now who is kind of using all these tools to like beat herself up with them. Right. And she uh-huh. said, well, I, I know I'm supposed to have this wind down hour. Cause I want them to have an hour of just time to themselves to yep. chill their brain part of their routine to wind part down, of their yeah. bedtime routine exactly and like no controversial conversations or arguments with your partner or any of yeah. that it's just like read. it has to do with money or big no. decisions yep no it's like reading journal watch tv whatever yep. and she was of the mind that she needed to be reading or doing something like she said, well, I'm just, I'm really struggling. Cause I just, I really want to watch TV. That's what I normally do. And I'm like, then watch TV. <laughs> yeah. It's relaxing. Watch <laughs> yeah. TV. And sh- to just see her face kind of relax into oh, like, so relieving for her. I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all that it took for her. Right. It was yeah. just like this constant on edge and anxiety of wanting to do the right thing instead of what yeah. was working for her was really yeah. hard. So I always say like, there's, we're, we're always working in different life stages too, right? So if you have little kids and that's your only time and you just need that, even if it's half an hour, yeah, whatever that give yourself that, give yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so adjust accordingly to the season of life that you are to the season of life, to your circumstances, to your symptoms to, yeah, exactly. Okay. So Okay. So can you share, I know there's probably tons of sleep tips, but could you share like two or three kind of where people can start to, to prioritize sleep? Like where do they start? How can they get fall asleep better? Yeah. So the first thing you need to know is, um, pretty much every human needs to be awake for about 16 hours before they're going to be ready to sleep again. So writing that down. That means, so that's your daytime, right? So if we sleep eight hours, we work eight hours, and then we have eight other hours, (laughs) however you want to spend those other hours. And for parents that gets eaten up pretty quickly. Um, But those 16 hours that you're awake, a lot's going on in your brain and your body, right? Like we're building up certain neurotransmitters that are really important for relaxation and sleep. Um, we should be getting some light in our eyes to keep the melatonin down so that it's ready to fire up again at bedtime. We should be exercising and, um, moving our bodies. And again, we don't need as much exercise as we think we do for good Uh sleep. In fact, every study shows that a walk is better than a run or a weight workout for sleep. That, that reminds me, are we supposed to work out before we go to sleep or should we do it at different times? I yeah, work out in the morning time. because Perfect. I'm a morning person, but okay. So yeah. it's not good. It kind of gets things moving and adrenaline rushing. If you're wanting to wind down two things, it, it creates endorphins, right? It makes sure. you feel good. And so that's yeah. kind of um, energizing. But then the other thing is, is it raises your core body temperature and we need our body temperature to fall off a cliff in order for us to feel sleepy and kick the melatonin back up. So you, you can exercise in the evening as long as it's about three, no closer than like three hours before you go to bed. Okay. Okay. Okay, So what else should we do? Um, I mentioned it already, but in case, um, people didn't notice, cause I was talking about me, <laughs> you <laughs> should have a consistent wake up time and it's yeah. more important to have a consistent wake up time, even than a consistent bedtime. Oh, because good yeah. So, and the reason is because you don't have to get the same number of hours every single night, right? You mm-hmm. just have to, your body needs to know that like, for me, it's 7am, at this time of year in the summer, it'll probably be like six 30 because it's light mm-hmm. out and I like to go for a walk early. So yeah, I yeah. switch it up, mm-hmm. but yeah. So for me, it's seven o'clock. I get up at seven o'clock, seven days a week. It doesn't matter how tired I am, how much, how well I slept the night before, or mm-hmm. how many times my sleep was interrupted. I still get yeah. up because I know 
if I get up at seven, my wakefulness hours of 16 hours is going to take me to about 11 o'clock, which will be my bedtime. Gotcha. If I go, if I decide I'm going to sleep in till eight or nine, I'm not going to be tired till midnight or one. Right. And, that's and then I'll be tired the, the next, next day. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's sleeping in does to your system the exact same thing that traveling time zones does. Ooh. Okay. So, so gotta, how does one cover, recover from that? They, do they make themselves not nap that day and then go to bed so that they have that yep. the amount of time and then wake up when they're supposed to wake up? Okay. Yep. And, and again, the most, the most important piece of it is just to keep getting up at the same time every yeah. day because eventually your body will just go, oh, this is what we're doing? Okay, yep. then I'm going to get sleepy at 11. Yeah. And like of- literally, I can't even sleep past 6 a.m. now yeah. like my alarm goes off at 5 15 and depending on the day like if it's a Saturday I will like hit snooze to like 5 30 ish 5 40 I'm up I'm up yeah. there's no sleeping yeah. in for me and if you do snooze your alarm and there's again don't stress over that just yeah. don't do it more than like the the amount of time that you spend in your bed awake in the morning should be no more than half an hour after you wake okay. up okay okay Gotcha. Otherwise your, your brain starts to connect your bed with being a place where you're awake and you right. don't want that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What else? Any other tips for how to start this journey of getting better sleep? Hmm. The biggest thing I would say, so I've given a lot of like how to tips, but the biggest thing that I really want women to know is that this is a, it's a 24 hour problem. It's not a nighttime problem. So right. it has to do with everything we think and worry about and do all day long. So watch yeah. your thoughts during the day. Um, okay. Notice how much you're obsessing about sleep. Um, but then prepare yourself if you want to do this work and you want to figure this out for yourself to know that this is an internal job right? Mm -hmm. There are no magic pajamas. There's no magic supplement. (laughs) There's no magic bed sheets or, you know, lavender essential oil, (laughs) whatever. Those things are all lovely and they make us more comfortable. And I'm a huge proponent for women wearing like really awesome, comfy pajamas that they love. We spend Uh eight hours a a night there. You spend on your work. Why would you not? Yeah. Right. Don't go to bed in clothes that you painted your house in, right? (laughs) You're not like respecting that eight hours. So I'm big on that. But aside from that, I um, like using those words. You need to respect those eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's for you. Like it is, it's a gift. And it is for you beyond just the eight hours. Like you said, it's a 24 hour thing, not just the eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Go on. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Yeah. But the big, the biggest thing with this is to know that the big solution is found in your brain and your thoughts and in your habits. It's not found in an external solution. Mm -hmm. So know that to really fix it. And again, fix is a funny word because it's not broken. Now you so just to have to improve it. It's to, yeah, to improve it, <laughs> to it's grow like, with it. Just sort of consider your thoughts, like consider how you're thinking and question if what your brain is telling you is true. Cause lots of the mm-hmm. time our brain wants to tell us things like, like it told me, right. You're just unusual. You don't need this mm-hmm. sleep sleeps for chumps. Right. They, yeah. they just don't know. Yeah. They're wasting a third of their life right. and they don't know. Right. Yeah. And I fully believe that. Right. (laughs) I had no idea that there was anything else available to me. Right. So it's like, open your mind to the idea that something else might be possible. Yeah. Maybe my brain is not telling me the truth. Right. Yeah. Maybe I can do this. Maybe this is for me. Maybe I I am a normal human and normal humans (laughs) just biologically have a sleep drive and right. And it's okay. So finding acceptance with, um, acceptance with healthy sleeping and the need yes. for it doesn't make you a weak person. It doesn't make you an unproductive person. It doesn't make you, you a bad a mom. <laughs> I think there's a lot of moms who might feel guilty. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's the act of taking care of yourself so that you can be available in other areas of your life to the full potential rather than yeah. half, half asking it. Sorry for my language, but 
I mean, you know, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, those are the, the key things. And that's what I love about what I do is that it's not just about the sleep, right? It's about yeah. all the other reasons that women aren't giving themselves. And I, my program's called permission to sleep for a reason. Like we that. don't give ourselves permission, right? Where yeah. I was constantly, I had thoughts like, if I go to sleep now, I'm taking myself out. Like those were the mm-hmm. words I used. Someone will need me and I won't be there. Uh-huh, like, you <gasps> yeah. What? The end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's, <laughs> I, I fully believe that that was going to be a tragedy if I was like unavailable sure, yeah. and somebody needed me. And so, but I was like effectively just murdering myself, right? Like that's yes. crazy. So yeah. Um, I mean, it's a form of self-harm really it totally is. It you totally know? is. And when I realized that was the, an expectation I was putting on myself that like my husband and my kids, like no one had ever said those words out loud. No one ever yeah. had that expectation of me. I put it on me. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was the one who had to take it off. Yeah. And, and now it's just like, I, I realize if I, I wish I could have figured this out a long, long time ago, because there's yeah. so many things, there's the people pleasing, right? There's perfectionism, there's the social expectations on moms yes. to just constantly be the go-to and yeah. have everything figured out. And yeah. we have to just learn to let some of that go and get out of our own way, to be honest. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Last, last thought or last question what can parents do to help encourage and support and promote their kids or teenagers who either aren't prioritizing sleep or they're having a hard time falling asleep? What are a couple of things that parents can do? Yeah. So one thing is to not tell them to go back to bed and try, <laughs> which <laughs> I is need what you to try, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us do that. And I know mm-hmm. I've done it and it's, mm-hmm. It's literally if, sets us what up. If, what if your child is just doing it to um, avoid going to bed? Well, why do they have to go to bed? If they're not sleepy, like if they were sleepy, they would fall asleep. Sure. Okay. So maybe set up some other things that they can mm-hmm. do in their room quietly okay. that okay. doesn't impact your you time, right? Because that's right? a big thing is we just want to have our half hour to- sure. Yeah, like go to bed so I can be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. Okay, I'll just, I'll throw my kids in there. All my kids are actually really good sleepers. For the most part, they, you know, when it's bedtime, I allow all of them to read if they want to read, to listen to music if they want to listen to music. Um, One of mine likes to play Legos for about 20 minutes before going to sleep. I'm fine with all of that. Yeah. But there is a point that I know that if they stay up later than that, they are going to be stinkers the next morning and they have yep. to wake up around 6 15 every morning. And I don't want to deal with the stinkiness um, because they stayed up till nine or nine 30. So right. we do bedtime at, I walk. So my kids are nine, seven and the twins are five. So we all go upstairs at seven. Mm-hmm. They all have their lights dimmed with either their music playing and their reading books. So I go to each room separately to hang out for 10 minutes, say my good nights. And then I tell you, you can leave your light on for a little bit, but you know, whatever. Well, yeah. around eight, if it's, if it gets to eight and the five-year-olds are still awake, they need to turn their lights. That's when I'm like right. lights out. And then the two older ones, it's like eight fifteen, eight thirty, And I'm like, guys, it's, it's, it's time. time. And they don't argue, they agree. And they go straight to sleep yeah. on the occasion a five-year-old will come out and all of a sudden be really hungry or needs something to drink or needs one more hug or, you know, and so that's kind of, I'm like, it's really hard not to be like, just go to bed. Okay. Yeah. So So what I would do, and this is, this is where we get into like, so all those things are sounds like you've got a great bedtime routine going, right? Like one of the I things I feel very we do, passionate about good sleep yes, habits. Yeah. I was the same with our kids. Like they uh-huh. always went to, they were the first kids on the street in bed, yep, like lights out. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> and to be honest, mostly for us so that we could have time to ourselves, but it yes. also just worked. They had good, healthy sleep. Um, but we cannot force somebody to sleep who sure. isn't going to Is sleep, not ready for sleep. Yeah. Right. And that pattern sets up insomnia for a really long time because we, okay. we learn early on, 
if I just try harder, uh-huh. it will come. And it's actually ah, the exact opposite. Right, so what I try, yeah, right. Not try. So I would give the kids some kind of age appropriate counterintuitive. Um, it's like the paradoxical intent idea, right? Uh-huh. So this is where counting sheep came from, or you could say count backwards from a hundred, uh-huh. go to your room and try really hard to stay awake. Oh yeah. That's you a can good one. stay awake yeah. the longest <laughs> and they'll be asleep. Like, yeah, like that, like a, it's a game. Their brain's no longer worried. They're coming mm-hmm. and asking for a drink or whatever, because sure. there's probably a little anxiety. Right. And so now yeah. they're creating a crutch out of mommy's going to give me a hug mm-hmm. and I need a drink and I need whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that just becomes the new habit. So I, I mean, should I not, I don't let them have drinks cause I don't want to change. You don't want them getting, you know, yeah. wet <laughs> right. uh, sheets tomorrow morning, but what, and I don't want them build, building habit, but should I go upstairs and give them a hug? Should I, I mean, what should a parent do in those situations? Yeah. So this is outside of my normal. I only know from my own parenting uh-huh. <laughs> because uh-huh. I don't work with kids, but uh-huh. um, the general rules around just you know, how insomnia gets set up is just whatever is kind of comforting and doesn't create anxiety for you or them. Mm-hmm. Um, and gives, and gives them a little bit of agency over their mm-hmm. own body that they can yeah. be like, well, I know that I'm not tired and I'm not falling asleep. So if they know that they have like two tools that they mm-hmm. can just decide, well, if I'm not sleeping, I get to read or I get to listen to music yeah. or I get to play with my dolls or whatever the yeah. thing is. And I can do that quietly in my room and go back to bed. That's it, a good, I like that. Yeah. That's not worse than lying in their bed, staring at the ceiling and starting to make up monster stories because they can't sleep. Right. 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 And, and then staying up way later or waking up in the middle of the night. And And the good thing is they'll likely be tired because you're getting them up at the same time the next day. They're going to be tired tomorrow. Right. Right. Which is like definitely what I'm avoiding. What you want. Yeah. So it's the consistency, right. And it's all those tools that you were talking about, like at a certain time you go upstairs and you do the same thing every night and they, Mm -hmm. their brain starts to get accustomed well, you know, to I hit a wall at 8 p.m. so I yeah. got to get them up in their room That's it. <laughs> and situated otherwise I yeah. turn into a mean mom and I'm just yeah, like that's real. It. and I don't like that I don't like being that so that's why we have to start yeah. around 6 45 or 7 <laughs> starting yeah. our routine um and then and then another thing that the magic that I figured out when I was 20 was thought stopping and that CBTI mm-hmm. that you're t- I didn't know it was called CBTI back when I was 20 and um you know training my brain to have a safe thought to think about a warm comforting peaceful thought to think about um yeah. that would refocus um and and I wouldn't have anxiety over this thought or anything like that and so I've taught my kids to do that by calling it a sleep time story. And so we come up with, you know, your fantasy story together. And like my oldest son was the first one that came up with it. And so they all have pretty much the same story. And then it's, it's that he has a pet dragon that takes them all over the world. Um, And so sometimes all I have to say is, Hey, where's your dragon taking you tonight? he's like, Oh yeah, I think we're going to go to Legoland or whatever. And he'll, that reminds his imagination just takes, yeah, it takes over and it's, it's really great to have that. So that's what I teach parents a lot of times to do with their kids. And, um, it's really helpful to have that, but I don't go into deep, deep detail about CBTI or anything. I'm not certified or know too much about that, but one of the, one of the things that is part of a CBTI program is actually getting out of bed when you can't sleep. So that's why I'm saying it's not a big deal if your kid gets out of bed, as long as they know they've got something to do. And it goes back to what I was saying before, where if you spend too much of your night Mm -hmm. awake in your bed, your brain creates that association that this is where I stay awake. That's conflicting with everything I I always heard growing up. I know if you get up, then that's going to wake you up and you'll really not be able to fall back asleep, you know? But I remember waking up as a kid and having just like immense anxiety and not being able to, and do you know what I used to do, Janet? I might edit this out because it's really embarrassing. This was when I was like a kid, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I had no, no idea what time it was. Um, 
and this is embarrassing. And I would have like a doll and I would pretend that my baby couldn't sleep. And so I would get up and go to her little crib and rock her to sleep and it would put me to sleep. That's so sweet. Mm -hmm. That's not embarrassing. It is kind of (laughs) <laughs> I would be, I, I would even go through the motions of being, and I don't even know how I knew that moms, babies don't sleep. I don't know what it was like yeah. where in my, but I would even be like, Oh, come on, baby. You need to go back to sleep. You know? And I do the whole like patting so the sweet. baby, like, Oh, will she ever go to sleep? You know? But it was basically me projecting my yeah. anxiety with not sleeping and wanting. To, and so I would fall back asleep while holding the baby and that's so cute there you know there's a couple of new tech tools out there Mm -hmm. so like the sleep industry is billions of dollars it's huge right yeah when we talk about external solutions there's tons of external solutions out there but the reason there's so many is because most of them don't work but there's (laughs) there's one that and I can't remember the name of it or I would tell you but it apparently um offers some cbti tools through uh-huh. like um some meditation stuff that it, sure. it like speaks to you but it, it's like in the shape of a bean or a stuffed animal or something and you kind of you're supposed to kind of cuddle up with it oh, when yeah. and it's like a stuffy uh-huh. um because there's evidence that shows that when we feel kind of like warm mm-hmm. and cozy and cuddly mm-hmm. like that then that's a signal to we our relax yeah. yeah so i, I like think that. You, you, what you came oh, up I with learned again that magic oh my solution. gosh maybe I should be a sleep expert <laughs> sleeping coach because you figured it I, all I've out I've been doing this since I was a kid um wait I had another thought and now I can't remember what it was maybe I didn't sleep good last night and so my brain's <laughs> not working oh I think this one is very obvious when we say it out loud but we forget sometimes and we need to be reminded of it but also and it took me a, a while to realize this too. So both of my parents are huge coffee drinkers. Mm. Like after dinner, every night they have coffee. Yeah. And so I was one of those kids that hated being a kid. I couldn't wait to be a grown up. Obviously I was pretending to be a mom when I was like eight years old. Right. And um, so I, w- I was waiting, anxiously waiting for the day my parents let me have coffee and starting at like 10 or 11, they would let me have a little bit of coffee and a lot of milk. And, you know, yeah. after dinner, and there were so many nights that my brain, I mean, I was just caffeinated and energized at bedtime. Right. And uh, this is, this is embarrassing too, Janet. I, it took me meeting my husband when I was 20, 20, 21 years old and him saying like, how can you have a caffeinated drink? at 9 p.m. or why do your parents drink coffee like don't they stay up and I was like oh my gosh I think we lived in the same house <laughs> that you know did we have the same upbringing like totally that's what it is oh my gosh those nights that I would have anxiety and couldn't yeah. sleep and it didn't matter what I did it did not matter what song I listened to what I thought about you know any of it it I yeah. could not fall asleep and dang it I can't. So now I found out that if I have caffeine after 3 p.m., yep, it's not going to be an easy ride for me to fall asleep. So I make sure I get my afternoon coffee like at 2:30, and then you're and, done, and then I'm fine. Yeah, and I'm yeah. fine. You know, um, but there have been times when I've I've got a lot to do, and I know it it might be a later night or whatever, and I will have that later, like five o'clock caffeine you know caffeinated drink and it's I regret it and then yeah absolutely this is so big and it's not even just coffee it's like if you some people drink a lot of diet coke right it's got quite a lot of caffeine tea does chocolate does some people like having dark chocolate after dinner or whatever yeah and everybody has a different sensitivity to it so I totally like I grew up from like 17 or 18 on having coffee after dinner every night yep. with my parents and like yeah. continued that for the longest time. And I think I switched to decaf at some point, like in my thirties okay. mm-hmm. and then I just stopped entirely, but okay. not in the morning. Like I was drinking coffee all day long. Yeah. And now I have, I will have two cups of half calf in the morning Okay. and then I might some days I will have another caffeinated drink, but it has to be before one o'clock in the afternoon for me. Ooh, Same thing. Like I cannot That's early. I know, but yeah. I'm just really sensitive to it. And I never yeah. knew this before. 
What? <laughs> like, <laughs> why does it? Why so don't I people shouldn't tell have us? a Red Bull at eight? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, how yeah. I felt so dumb when my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was like, yeah, like, what are how, you doing? Yeah. What do you. <laughs> Like, oh, no wonder I couldn't fall asleep. No, don't you remember? It's me. I don't need sleep. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm good. I can do we're, three hours. Good. I'm totally good. Like, let's go out till two in the morning. Exactly. Um, that's another thing I say all the time. You know, the whole, like, nothing good happens after midnight. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, my clients fire back at me all the time. And they're like, oh, but I'm home. I'm not being dangerous. And I'm like, yeah, but you should be getting sleep. So anything that's happening after that, that you're not sleeping, no bueno, when really I'm trying to get them to fall asleep before midnight, but agree. Yeah. Um, okay. One last thought. So uh, another little me just sharing my experience. Yeah. I started reading to go to sleep whenever I was in the third grade and it became my thing so much so that now, um, if I try to enjoy a leisure book in the afternoon, I fall, I get really sleepy. Yeah. Like really sleepy. <laughs> um, and I was having trouble falling asleep a couple months ago, some stuff was going on and it hit me. I was like, Tessa, maybe you should try reading. <laughs> and so yeah. I started getting back in the habit of doing that. Cause I did it from third grade until, until I think I became a mom. When I became a mom, I was so exhausted. I had no problem. Falling asleep. You just let it go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, as of recently, I'm like, I just, I literally need to read one page and my brain associates that with sleep so quickly that I completely get relaxed and am able to turn my light off and fall asleep. So sometimes it could be as simple as going back to some of the basics like that, you know? Absolutely. And I, that's one of the tools that I offer. And I mean, it's crazy to call it a tool because it's so Mm -hmm. (laughs) simple, but Uh yeah, if you're the kind of person that feels like you have to scroll your phone or some device or you want to mm-hmm. read your emails or whatever, mm-hmm. which I never recommend mm-hmm. nope. before bed, grab a book or a magazine, something that yeah. is just an old school, like read yeah. what's on the page and notice if you start reading the same sentence over and over again, that it probably means, means you're tired and you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You don't have to wait yeah. for the book to fall on your face. Right. You can right. just there's other signals before that, but it's a really helpful tool for that process of like relearning what's it like for my body when I start feeling tired. Yeah. Right. And a book is a great one because nothing else is happening. It's just you and the page, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Janet, for coming on here and sharing all of your wisdom on this. Cause I know that this is going to help so, so, so many people, parents, kids, all of us. I mean, I think I'm even going to get better sleep tonight because I'm going to be more <laughs> conscious of it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was super, yes. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I loved it. I like, yeah. I talk about sleep all day long. I love it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I love talking about <laughs> sleep too, but I don't always know what, what I'm talking about. So I need you. <laughs> um, okay. Where can people find you, your program, your information, your social media, any of that, what, where can people find you? Yeah. Oh, thanks for asking. So I am on Instagram at Janet Whalen coaching. So W H A L E N. Yeah. Janet Whalen coaching on Instagram. I have a Facebook group called permission to sleep. That's okay. like a private place just for women. You can come there. I do, um, Wednesday night, what I call live pajama parties. So I'm in my PJs, you can show up in yours. And we just talk about a different sleep topic every Wednesday. So yeah. Does it cost anything to be in that? No, that's no, it's a free group. Um, so anyone who wants to can join that. And then, um, my website is janetwhalen.com. And so I'm right as we're talking, actually, I'm in the midst of wrapping up my old offer, which was eight weeks of one-to-one coaching and I'm starting a new membership site. So it's going to have group coaching. There will be a one-to-one add-on if people are interested and that's going to launch on April 1st. So if people are interested in hearing more about that, they can go to um, janetwhalen.com. And then at the top, like right by my photo, there's a place where you can um, ask for my freebie, which I think is going to be, if it's not already by the time this airs, it's like a bedtime anxiety, uh, worksheet. So you can just download that and then you'll be on my 
email list and you'll hear everything you need to know about, um, yeah. about my program when it launches. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today and all of your knowledge on slate and hopefully we will connect again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. This was really fun. I loved it. So if you guys are liking what you're hearing, I would love it if you could give me some feedback. Actually, scratch that. Even if, especially if you don't like what you're hearing. I love feedback. Even if it's not the nicest, I want to hear all about it. Even if it's about crappy audio or I edited something weird or I said a word in a weird way, which that does happen sometimes. Anything or I'm smacking my gum, which I'm trying not to do. I'm trying not to have gum when I record Um, anything or if I'm saying um too much or talking too much whatever I want to hear it and so before you go just hey that's like that song I love that song can I say you want me to sing it for you so before you go you know what I mean was there something I could have said to make your heart beat better? If only I'd have known you had a storm to weather. I think I'm going to make that like my theme song. Well, I can't make it my theme song, but. So, before you go, was there something I could have said to make it all stop hurting? Kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless. So, before you go, I like that. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, I love to sing even if I shouldn't. So, there you go. Leave me a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I would love it. I would really appreciate it. Write me, DM me, whatever. Go to the link in my bio on Instagram at The Mom Therapist. And there's a tab there that says Ask Tessa. You can literally call in a question or comment or feedback or whatever. Just let me know. I love interacting with people. And because of COVID, I haven't had the chance to do that as much. So, yeah, talk to me. 